You're now listening to the AZs and Root Bruce podcast, brought to you by Blessed to Death. To license. Listening to the AZs and Rupu's podcast. What's good? What's poppin'? What's goody? Yes. Yeah, this is your boy Raynell Jamal. I'm in the building with my bro. Who's in the building with me? This is your boy Jay Davis. You can find me on uh, IG on and Twitter at J A Davis. Um, I I and also on the website www.jdavis.co. Yes, and this is your boy Raynell Jamal. Hit me up on my FB, my Twitter, and my IG at R A Y N E L J A M A L. And you can also hit us up on the uh, Twitter and the IG of the AZs and Rupus podcast accounts. And that's A-Z-S-R-O-O-T-B-R-E-W-S-P-O-D. Now, you can get this episode and the previous episodes on Apple Music. I mean, Apple Podcasts. Yes. Google. Wait, speak those things, though, brother. You know what I'm saying? Google Play. You know what I'm saying? And you can hit us up on the website, which is RaynoJamal.com. Just hit that AZs and Rupus tab. You're going to have every freaking episode. You know every, what I'm saying? Every. Every episode. Episode. So what's good, tribe? How y'all been doing? Y'all blessed to death out there? Because we are. You know what I'm saying? It's a yes. lot of things to talk about. A lot of shenanigans has been happening. A lot of shenanigans. A lot of great things and a lot of shenanigans has been happening yes. since the last episode. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. I mean, we had uh, Eminem respond. You know what I'm saying? But he didn't respond to Joe Budden. I'm going to say that clear because I, I just feel like he know that's a different type of problem. You know what I'm saying? The diss was good. The diss was good for MGK diss. <laughs> but for a big boy diss, that's that's a little different situation. Little different. You know what I'm saying? And now, you know what I'm saying, Cardi B and Nicki get into it. You know what I'm saying? Bless them, Lord. You know what I'm saying? That's that's went down. You know what I mean? A whole lot of other stuff has been going down. So, Bless you know what Lord. I'm saying? We just here to just, you know, talk about some things, you know? And uh, so talk to me, man. What's, what's been going on with you since the last episode? Bro, I released, my, I released my beat sampler. Beat samplers out, ladies and gentlemen. Introspection part two. Part two. So that's how I've gotten some uh, got some uh, healthy feedback. Okay, um, from it, you know, and just a lot of support from people that um, that decided to check it out. Okay, and it really was just a passion project, man. More than anything, For sure. um, I think the you know the desire and the goal was to you know just inspire people and to you know like I don't know, man. It's just been kind of heavy. Like I just been realizing like a lot of people, um, especially like in this day and age, because of what's taking place like in uh, like just socially and like. In our society, that people are just easily giving up on their dreams and yeah, yeah, giving yeah. up on like their hopes, and you know, like we're just allowing sometimes like life really hits hard, right? And we just kind of forget to like to dream, even in the midst of it. And I think sometimes like the sometimes, and it's not always easy. So I'm not going to act like it's easy, but sometimes the best time to dream dream is when it's the hardest. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, because sure, like those sure. are the, the things that develop the hope and and the desires to become better. So man, I've been I've been just like just working on that, man, and. So talk to us, man. Talk to us about this project. So like, give us some, give us a, a, a inside look of the how 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 was it? How long did it take you to put this together? So man, like literally, like the beats were have been in the oven for for like a year and a half before the release. Like okay. this stuff was already done. Okay, um, man. But when you talk about the life, yeah, like when life really hit, right. like bro, like the night of the session, the last the night that we finally mixed it both my hard drives broke on me mm. 
like man and just all pretty so i still need to get my hard drives fixed i got a third one at the house that i can work off of right but i've been just letting a lot of stuff marinate because it's been like a lot of real life good life but a lot of real life just been Right. been taking place man so right. um man but no like three beats man that i kind of felt where i wanted to really do five tracks right. but i felt like if i if i felt like if i let the discouragement of the uh of the hard drives breaking on me like the night up i would never released it because right. like i would love to do five tracks but i was like man let me just release these three they're in the oven already we just right. gotta put the the marinade and the sauce on it right right and the the peak the, the the peppers and salt you know all that good stuff on it man so like i released three tracks i'm um, just kind of based on subjects that i was really um that i that were really close to the heart like so like just there's been a really retro movement that's been taking place especially like with with like shoes and kicks and stuff right, like that right um one of the songs that i called also is called like life um and i think that's just real like that's just kind of like where i've been and then just love you know what i mean like i think right. that's like really like when i heard one track like it just really brought me back to the idea of like Man, like, man, this feels like love to me. Okay, like, this is what, I like that. This is what love feels like. Okay, you know what I mean? Right, all so, right, all right. Um, you know, hopefully people, you know, will dig it. At first it was called uh, Friends, and I dedicated it to my grandmother and my sister because right. there's a picture that I had put next to when I first released it as a as a demo track on SoundCloud, but right. now I called it Love because every time I hear the track, I think about love. Right. You know what I mean? And the ones that I love. Right. Hello. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah man like you know that's like you know it was just like a good process i think it was just moments where like just like really digging in i think the the passion and the desire for production for me is still there mm -hmm. i think it's just also me like i think also i think i found the lane though okay for myself because i think um i think a lot of times man we we you know we want the dope the dope artist to, to do our like to rap you know right but i think my sound i think my sound is more for like the easy listening i don't know if mm -hmm. it's so much mm -hmm anymore for i don't know if my sound really fits a mode yet of of um i don't know if it fits the mode of artist yet i want to get to that place because okay. i think that's where it needs to be right but i think i make tracks where people can listen just like right. really listen to vibe out to right right and i think that's as important right i think that's as important as right as you know just the artist because you can i think my I, what i do believe um I do believe that my, my music is versatile. Right. So I think it can be used on various platforms. I think right. it can be used for commercials. I think it can be used for artists. I can right. hear artists singing or, or rapping on it. Right. I think it could be used for movie tracks. I think it could be used for scores, like whatever. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, man, hopefully, like, you know, people check it out, you know, like listen to it. And again, man, it's really just about the love. That's, that's, right. it's, it's just, I just really, every year since 2015, I've released some form of project, right? Whether it was a full, like a full EP, um, whether it was a beat sampler, whether it was a single, every year, right. and I want to keep that alive. I want to keep, and I've been able to work on other people's projects. Like, right. um, I worked on, like, I produced, re, I produced or rearranged a song called "The Look of Love," like "The Look of Love," the original "Look of Love" for a, a group called The Key. Um, a gentleman by the name of Zarai Haraway. Congratulations, uh, young brother on the right. on the ring like i i released a i produced a track called day off for him right um you know what i mean like every year like i've done something right uh i've released some stuff uh, with my uncle von with von foy so every year man like i've done something right and um and i i really believe that this is just the beginning for me okay um i really believe that this is just the beginning and i think what people are going to start to see is just like a um just a versatility like a versatility of being able to operate in various maps so 
man. That's dope, man. Congratulations, brother. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate it, man. So what's, what's next on the docket? Uh, like I told, uh, I told the little bro, like right now, like I'm just really just, just want to be consistent with the content. Um, like on on my on my social media, right. kind of get people like a behind the scenes of what has taken place throughout this year. Right. Um, musically, um, I want to finish a lot of stuff that I started. Right. I got a lot of stuff that I started. I just haven't finished it yet. Right. Right. It's time to finish. It's time to finish, man. It's time to finish, it's time bro. To finish. So, I want to I want to finish. I want to finish what I started. Right. You know, like that's really my heart right now. Um, yeah, man, that's my heart. Like I just want to finish what I started, and so. Um, that's the goal. That's the plan, man. And, and and hopefully, you know, people connect with it. They connect with it, man. If it's not for them, I still love them. I still love them regardless. Yeah, man. It's the, your audience is your audience. My audience is my audience. Just got to develop that audience. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's how it's going to go, man. You're speaking to me right now. Some things just got to get finished and released. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Finished and released. We got to do that. We got to do that. You know, pay attention to your boy. You know, some things might be coming down the pipeline soon. Let it flow, brother. You know what I'm saying? We getting together on the 5th. Oh, I mean, um, they don't, they're not ready. <laughs> no, we're not. You know, so strike strike that from the record, ladies and gentlemen. You know, just, just hilarious, just bro. Know things is coming. He did. You let's go. Things is coming. But uh, yeah, man, that's dope, man. That's dope, man. So let me ask you, man, what has been inspiring you musically lately? What has not been inspiring me? So let's let's open up the let's open up the iTunes really okay. quick. But, okay. All so right. um, so you put me on this album called Coming Home by Justin Coughlin. Mm-hmm. That's inspired me. Uh, the Tori Kelly album inspired the dope, life out dope, of me dope. that new respects mm-hmm. uh that Layla bell mm-hmm. have you read that love to the moon ep yet no by who Layla bell oh it's a new one they released the they released the the unfinished projects that never came out what? and so now that music is going that is now they have a um man man shouts out to whoever is a part of the Layla bell foundation um, unfortunately, we, we lost her to a car accident. Right. Um, her and her husband, Rasul Butler. And what ended up taking place is now they have like a, a foundation for her. I'm sorry, I didn't send this to you. I thought you was on this. And so, um, Leia, um, what ends up taking place is all the finances, all the proceeds from this album are going to her foundation. Mm. A second part of what they did, because I found this out on Twitter, is they have a college fund uh, dedicated to her name. So anybody that is is going after the arts or any form of arts, like they are, um, they're opening scholarships towards her, mm-hmm. bro. The heat on that album is dope. The homie uh, Teddy Abbott just came out with the album, um, but then even on the gospel realm, bro. Like, well, Tori Kelly is a gospel album. The C Y uh, the Crossroads, um, Crossroads Church and Corona just came out with the album called Remedy or EP. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Mineo's album, all the stuff by Toby, and then also Mosaic, Mosaic in LA. They just came out with an album that's really nuts. Um, and then uh, listen to the Jack, the Jack Harlow album, and then just tapping into some old stuff. Like I've been listening to the Seeing Sounds album, like by NERD, River Valley Worship, right? Um, and the Up soundtrack, the Up music soundtrack from mm-hmm. Disney. Like just really just trying to feed my um, feed my palate with like some really good stuff, right? Um, Listen to a lot of jazz, even some of like the, like just a lot of stuff. I've been like everywhere. Um, old Brandy stuff, Sean Martin, um, Robert Glasper. Just like I've been everywhere, bro. Like, uh, Bob Reynolds has just been everywhere. Like, just everywhere. Like, wherever I can feed my palate, it's really been. I've been on my golden corral, like literally with music, <laughs> right, bro. Right, like, right. it's been nuts, but it's been it's been healthy. 
that's dope that's dope i mean speaking of robert glasper man we got to talk about you know something that me and you was able to to witness you know what i'm saying so we finna get into this little section you know what i'm saying you know we're gonna title this episode concert season yes because it's a lot a lot of things has been going down and we got to do some recaps bro you know what i'm saying because uh some some special moments we were able to witness you know what i mean and uh so you know we was able to go to the r plus r equals now concert respond respond and reflect reflect and for those of you who don't know that's a super group of jazz artists which is who Derek hodge uh-huh christian scott okay um tyler mcfarren i believe that's his name yeah taylor McFerrin. Ta- taylor mcfarren uh-huh. terrace barton uh-huh. robert glasper and justin tyson yeah ladies and gentlemen just google those people Woo! You're gonna be blown away about who they've played for, what they've done musically. So this is a, a a super group of young, talented, next generational jazz artists that get decided to put together a group, and they did an album, which is crazy. The album is amazing, one of my favorite albums of the year. And um, me and Jeff was able to catch them um, in concert in LA at the Fonda Theater, and. Um, let me tell y'all something right now that was an experience it was a moment you know we was in a balcony you know what i'm saying don cheeto in front of your boy bro you know what i'm saying we was in a little vip area we was just in there like uh what up la what up two kings is in the building what up bro bro talk to me how was how did you feel about the show i mean talk to me i mean like it was crazy bro crazy right bro that's all i can say I mean, I don't, I don't understand why Robert Glasper kept roasting Lauryn Hill, but I mean, all night long, literally, all night. You know, we talked. It got a little, it got a little tiring. It, it did. I was looking it like, got bro, a little tiring. Let her be, man. Let her be. It got a little tiring. Um, but, um, bro, man, like, it was crazy. as a musician. Yeah. This is like, I have a pro and I have a con. Okay. So. Let me start with my con. Okay. I do think that that concert needs to be in a more intimate venue. Right. I don't know the energy. Like, what you mean intimate? Like, how small? I think it should have been, like, a 300-only show. It needs to be, like, a troubadour. A troubadour? Like, that needs to be a troubadour show. I don't think it would have held that many. You need to, like, break it up into, like, maybe, like, do a whole week at the troubadour? Dude, they need to do something. Because I think, like, I think the Fonda, in my opinion... I think if it was like a Robert Glasper show alone, where it was like the experiment or like the cover, like a cover, yeah. like you, that type of music, you have to sit down. Like we, we were blessed. Yeah. We were in the balcony. Right. And so because they were running late. Yeah. Like we just got to chill and right. be on Instagram. But being on your feet would have been hard. Imagine getting there. Doors opened at eight. And you know, I'm an on time dude. Yeah. So we got there at like 830. Right. They said that doors open at eight. The show started at nine. The nine. show didn't start till ten. So right. imagine all those people that got there right when the doors opened, yeah. and then the show didn't end at twelve. Right. Then and until like twelve fifteen. Right. You know, like you've been on your feet for four hours. Right. So like at night, at in the middle night, of the week, beginning of the week, bro. Oh, that's right. <laughs> on Monday. It was on a Monday. Oh yeah, no, that's not a good. Look. You feel me? So yeah. like, I think like if it was. If it was like a baked potato or like a Catalina's or right. something like that, I think people would have been able to really and more take it in more, take it in more. What about a Roxy? Again, like I think you think so more intimate. Yeah, I think they needed to be. I think the Fonda was a little too big for I think what they were 
forgiving. Yeah. Because remember, like Terrence Martin, he kind of like he kind of went off on people. Like, yeah. Come on, LA, like show some love. Yeah. Like, and it's like, bro, like, like I love Terrence Martin. That's one of my favorite producers. But it's yeah. like it's too. I felt like the venue was just a little too big. Right. For what they were giving. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. with all that they gave, like they yeah. need. I feel like. And I'm not saying that they couldn't do it there because I've seen them play at very, like, much larger venues. But I think L.A., like, when you're going to the Fonda, like, I think you're, you're really expecting. I think the Fonda is more like a rock, right. hip-hop, everything is sing-along. Right. R plus R is more like reflect, reflect, and respond. Right. So. You got to reflect first before you can respond. Yeah. Like, and then. What you're saying. And, and. And you're not really trying to hype people up. Like right. you, the music that you do, you it's really an intelligent conversation. Right. The music that's very high class jazz. High art. Very high art. Because it wasn't like now thing I love about the album, it wasn't like, let me just do some jazz over some trap beats. Like, no, this is real This is real music. Real music, yeah. real jazz, real that real uh it's like a hint of bebop in it. It's like it was like bebop avant garde. Yeah, it's like real jazz. It was like, like yeah, it was very like, high art. Like, it was like new real jazz. Yeah, it was like on that. It was more John Coltrane than it was Louis Armstrong. Very much so. More Miles, that's the perfect way to say it. Yeah, more Miles Davis. More yeah. la- latter Miles Davis. More yes. Dizzy Gillespie. Yes. More like a lot of improvisation. Yeah, improvisation. Um. Flipping the scales like the chords, like it was just it was a conversation. Yeah. It was really a conversation. Yeah. And if you weren't ready for that conversation, if you was looking for and no diss, but if you was looking for Migos, if you was looking for Ray Shrimmer, like that was the show, despite the players that have played with all those guys. Right. Because these guys were really giving us like real conversations, even to the fact of like the even to the fact of like the um the the guest artist that right. came out besides right. beti- besides I'm just gonna throw this one besides Terry Crews right but even him like if you wasn't ready for that conversation right. man you know thinking about what you're saying right now it just made me really realize like and we talk about this all the time but it's it's so true there's truly a lane in the audience out there for any type of music like to to be that type of high class really throwback type of jazz in a new generation from new generational artists they really did pack out the Dr. Fonda theater that's crazy and think about like but also think about their credits like Terrace Martin doing the Kendrick stuff all the Kendrick stuff Robert Glasper having a hand no wait time out let's go back to Terrace Martin not just doing the Kendrick stuff but he's had a like they're really like when you think about it are a very Diverse right. group of, Very mu- much so. of musicians in their own right. Right, Derek Hodge, man. Like when you listen to his, like his, so- have you listened to his solo albums? Yeah, yeah. So think about his solo albums by right. himself as right. an artist, but think about what he's done, like on the R and B and more popular genre side, like right. all the stuff that he did with Maxwell. Yeah, the stuff that he's done with Robert Glasper, yeah. like with the, with all that stuff, like bro, like yeah. very. Because even with Taylor Mc uh, McFerrin. It was like the way he presented his stuff. It reminded me so much of my boy Foss, bro. I was thinking to myself like, "This is crazy," but it was still very much. Um, it was high quality. It was, 
it wasn't your average uh let me just beatbox and get the crowd crazy it was more like you're listening and pay attention to the arrangement the art the articulation yeah and it's like wow i get this so hey man if you're an artist out there there's an audience for you yeah and so yeah so that's my that was my con i just wish that it was a smaller venue right i think if it was like a like a what do you think? Maybe twelve hundred people were there. Nine, nine hundred, yeah. nine hundred twelve, because it was packed. Yeah, it was packed. I think I found to do like what fifteen to to two thousand. So it was packed. Yeah, so it, was, it, was it packed. took it took them because we were on the second level and it took yeah. a minute to get out. Right. I think I do think if they did like a, a like a troubadour, a Roxy, um, a, a whiskey, a go go, I think that would have get given them. Dude, because if when we saw who did we see at the uh, troubadour? We saw Pete. We saw Snarky Puppy. <laughs> And think about that, like, and again, two different sides of jazz, but Snarky Puppy, their music is a little more interactive. Yeah, very much so. It's more interactive, um, crazy arrangements. So I think people, like, when we went to Snarky in that small venue, they did two days, though, remember that, and both days were sold out. I mean, I'm talking about, I've never seen a Troubadour that packed before. PJ Morton recently just sold out the Santa Ana show, which I'm so yeah, mad about friggin' hot. Oh, you know who else sold out their show like that? Her. I didn't even realize he had a show, and then all of a sudden I saw I was like at the same spot. PJ gone, bro. So friggin' hot. Yeah. Like he sold out not even less than twenty four. Yeah. Yeah, my lady told me she was like, "We was like, we should go to PJ." She was like, "Tickets already sold out," and I was like, "What? They just went on sale yesterday." And she's like, "Yeah, they're gone." And I was like, "Dang." So friggin' hot. Yeah. Man. So. Said all that, like right. I think that was the. Hey, first of all, hold on, hold on. Congratulations to PJ because he gonna be with Maroon Five at the Super Bowl. You know, what I'm saying I know people hating on because you know it's Maroon Five this year, but I think it's gonna be a dope show actually. When they already announced that it's gonna be Cardi B and uh, Travis Scott along with Maroon Five. Where's the Super Bowl gonna be at this year? Atlanta. That's why people are mad. Cause like, yo, you just gonna bypass all the great Atlanta Atlanta artists. But you know. You know, in a field, they they're not really rocking with us right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm going to keep it 100. They're not really rocking with us right now. <laughs> they had enough of us right now. <laughs> hey, but, they, they just signed Eric Green too, so thank you. But, but yeah, go but ahead. But you know that the Super Bowl is going to also br- pull out some surprises. Yeah. Because when Bruno Mars came out, we didn't know that the chili, hot, Red Hot Chili Peppers was going to actually well, do. Well, think about that. Nobody knew that Coldplay was going to bring out Beyonce and Bruno Mars. So I wouldn't be surprised if Travis Scott bring out Migos. That. And Cardi B, yeah. ain't she with one of the Migos? Yeah. They ain't got nothing to worry about. Why, why does Cardi B need to be on the Super Bowl? Because she's like, her and the Maroon 5 got one of the top 100 singles I out know, right now. I know, but still. But she did put a bar out there. There was a bar in that song. I listened to it. I was like, okay, Cardi B, like, you ain't my favorite, but that was a bar. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm not going to say she got bars, but that was a bar. Right, right, right. That was a bar. Right. Yeah, but my bad aside. No, you're good. Bad, you're good. Bad. You're good. So, nah, I think, so that was my only con. But the, right. But that con is only like point zero zero one percent from the whole experience right. that we experienced that night. Yeah, because it was special. It's from special. the big be- from the beginning. Yeah. From the beginning. Yeah. From the beginning when it started, it was like, yo. Like shout out to the front of house man. Yeah. Cause everything Sounds was crispy. crispy. And clear. Like you could have swam in that. Yeah. Like yeah. just yeah. straight. Yeah. Just butterfly in that joint. Just right, right. Cause the vibe was so right. The vibe, like the the way everything, the lights, everything. It was just like, oh, this the DJ, is, 
Oh, the D- hey, yo, whoever the DJ was, shout out to you because he set the tone. Like, it was like, we're not going to play no radio stuff. We're going we gonna to set the tone for what kind of music you My Shazam was going Ooh, off. Raynell hit me up was like, Jeff, Shazam every record. Yeah. He's like, take note every, every record, bro. Note, every gotta, 10 seconds, fam. We got to work. Shazam. Mm, Shazam. I mean, it was like um, just a great mixture of underground hip hop with the jazz influence, some R&B. It was just good. Like that DJ killed it. He killed it. It was almost overwhelming. Dog. I mean, was, he was just hitting you with like, and the things was, it was like B-sides. Overwhelming, bro. Just boom. It was like, whoa, what is going on? It was like, it was over it was really overwhelming. Man, like he he was giving you that that good, good music. That good, good music. Um, so all right, so continue with your pros. So my pros were just the show. Like, let's get should we get to the special guest that we saw that came out? Do you want to highlight the musicians first or you want to go yeah, to the special Yeah, let's do that guests? because okay, let me just say this. Thank you. First of all, when the show started, you just saw Robert Glasper and them come out, and then Robert Glasper just start playing. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> you just knew, like, oh, this is different. Like we, this, we we was in for some yeah, education. like it was just it just started off dope, and then uh, and then by the what was the first song they did? They did the the opening joint on the album. Man, that much is long. And it's like two parts of it. It was real. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, man, if you if you was looking for a three minute, like a three minute song. No, 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 no. Nah. You came to the wrong show. Yeah, this is real. This was this is the real deal. This was like And then like he was like, Yeah, we gonna this is it, so it was him, Terrence Martin, the drummer, Taylor, and Derek Hodge. He said, We're gonna start off with just us for now. Man, when they hit that that When Christian Scott oh came my out gosh. I'm gonna tell y'all right now, that dude's a superstar, man. Like that truck, he just came out in his African garb and just—he didn't say nothing. He might—he didn't say nothing the whole show. He just walked up and was just like, "Dog, man, that mug was crazy. I never seen nothing like that, bro." And then people just went nuts. He. We, me and the me and the homie uh, D, we were hanging out yesterday, <clears throat> and we were recapping about the show. It was like Christian Scott came out in this Wakanda Aladdin vibe. Bruh, it was so Wakanda, bruh. But bro, it was like you remember how like on, like on the uh, on the movie where every time like they put up the Wakanda sign and you hear the yeah, it was like bro, he walked out just like yeah, yeah, he did, yeah, he did. And then bro, just like it was like I've never seen, you know, you see like. When you see people play, you see like their wheels turn. Yeah. Like, and they're thinking about how am I going to approach this? It's like he went in and it was like bullseye. Yeah. Pow. It's like he cut through. <sighs> when he blew the horn, it like it cut through and it just hits you directly. Like, everything about that show, bro, was Ooh. like the lights when they start getting to like when they played them like them dark chords. Yeah. I said, what? I said, the whole vibe was so perfect. It was so perfect. The way, they, the way they allow each person to have their moment. It was just dope, man. Who? So the question tonight, one of my buddies asked me this question. Who do you think stole the night, though, all together? Like, just amongst band, not special guests. I think Christian Scott did. Okay. Me personally. But, um, Derek 
Derek, I think for me, but I think the person that still should get much shine probably that didn't doesn't get because he doesn't have a social media presence is Justin Tyson. Yeah, dude, he did a solo, right? He did two. <sighs> yeah. And it was funny because I kept looking over at you was like, dog, like this cat is killer right now. Like, Bro, and I probably didn't look. You you probably looked at me and I was stone cold. Like, yeah. I know when that, so Don Cheeto sat in front of me. I know when he had his solos, Don Cheeto, it was like he was with his wife. It was kind of cut out in a little couch and he just kind of got up and was just like, he just like was locked in. But I noticed one thing when he did a solo, it was dead silent. You could tell people were just looking like, yo, this is nuts. I don't even know if they what they experienced. Yeah, I think they just taking it in like, yo, Damn. this is crazy. Real talk, like, <clears throat> is if you were my neighbor that show and you thought you were going to make a new friend that night. Dog, yeah. You you sat next to the wrong person. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it was for me. That's how it was. You thought for you were gonna too. make a, a friend that night? Yeah. You thought we, you was gonna a new chum singing buddy? Nope. Yeah. Cause, yeah. bro, like I was like going to master class that night, right. bro. Like yeah, two hours definitely. of master class. Right. That was the best master class. Cause master classes usually can cost you a pretty penny. Right. Like if you go to production master class, if you go to like a, a piano master class, or right. and that's like. That's like a two and a half hour, maybe maybe an hour and a half to like three hour situation. Bro, we paid a nice ticket for a two hour masterclass on how to set the environment by the DJ and how to play the mess out of your your your, your instrument that night, bro. Cause like even Robert Glasper, man, when he had that long solo and he was playing like the synth stuff, like, man, the moment that almost made me cry though, real talk, cause when they put when it was just Robert Glasper by himself and they put the the um like the like the uh, the voiceover stuff on top of the piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is so freaking dope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like. Yeah, it was so creative. <sighs> yeah, it was high art, bro. It was high art, bro. It was high art. And I love how, um, <clears throat> I love I love even how they brought out the special guests. Like, it was so much thought into it. Yes. It wasn't just like, oh, here, here's such and such. It was like, they set it up. You know what I mean? Like, when they went into the battle. Between him and Terrence, I mean Robert Glasper, Terrence Martin, and uh, it was just crazy, bro. I didn't even recognize Lupe Fiasco when he came out. Yeah, because he cut his locks. I mean, yeah. I was like, yo. So let's get into the guests. Yes. So the first guest they brought out was Layla Hathaway. Was it Layla? No, it was Amber from Moonchild. Right. That was crazy. Too. It was Amber from Moonchild. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then it was Layla. And then Layla. Um, and then it was uh Lupe. Then Lupe. And then when Lupe was on the stage. Herbie Hancock. The legend. One of the goats. Herbie Hancock came out. And they did. it was basically a Mac Miller tribute. Yes. That, which is crazy. It was a Mac Miller tribute. And it brought out Lupe. And then like in the middle of Lupe doing his thing. He was like, hey, Lupe, you know, I got to go to the bathroom. You mind if I let somebody else play for me? And Lupe was like, well, whoever going to play for you got to be better than you. And as he was like. There's only one person better than me. There's only one person better than me. He's like, these gentlemen, Herbie Hancock, and everybody was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Yeah. And then that was a moment. Like, just imagine seeing all of these great musicians, legends in their own right, and then the legend of all legends come out with Lupe. Yeah. That's wild. Bro, question for you. When you, from your angle, did you see anybody standing on the other side of the of the stage? I didn't. 
I didn't. You okay. said you saw some people. I didn't. On the angle I saw, it was more just like the out door going out. Bro, Who so did? from my angle, Thundercat was there. Uh-huh. Flying Lotus. Uh-huh. Brian Michael Cox. Wow. And when I looked back, when I looked on Robert Glassford's like video, it was just like it was just loaded with just creatives. I'm trying to tell y'all, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a chance to go see R plus R equals now, go do it. Please do it because it was a dope, amazing show. Especially if you're a musician, like you need to. If you play any one of those instruments, you need to go see this because it's just their way of uh, attacking each song, which is so dope. And their solos. Um, it was just dope. One thing I was going to ask you, man, about uh, Christian Scott. Um, so he made his own trumpet. He has his own line of trumpets, right? Yeah, so what ended up taking place, I think he kind of took the same perspective that Miles Davis took because usually Miles Davis, I think he either used to play with his his back against against like the wall, like or against the crowd. And he used to put his head down. But Christian Scott is like, I didn't want to put my head down and the trumpet not project forward. Right. So that's why the trumpet is curved the way that it does. So he can still put his head down to think, but then the sound will still project forward. Right. Yeah, because I, I think I was reading up on his line of trumpets. He, he combined different trumpets, like the trumpets that have different tones. Yeah. So he could create a sound. And I was kind of like, I just was able to really hear it. I was just like, You know yeah. what I'm saying? I think I was reading, I was watching this one thing. He was saying he he combined his uh, fugal, what is it called? Fu- uh, fl- flugelhorn. Flugelhorn with another horn. In an interview, he was like, yeah, because I was looking for a certain tone. So I was like, let me, um, comp-. he's like, I got this trumpet made. It's a flugel mix with a alto or something. And is able to get a sound that I was looking for. He's discussing it. And he was like, so he like, he like, look into this. This is like very genius. Like he's created literally horns that have their own tone yeah that you normally have to get like two trumpets for he combined them which is crazy yeah so meaning and he was kind of just deriving how if i blow this way i could get more of the flugel but if i blow this way i could get more of the and i was just kind of like this is like next genius level. that's bro. it's genius and uh it's crazy so just definitely look into it Get that album. What's his, what's the name of the album called? Uh, a college or something. Co- collegially speaking, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce today. Collegi- collegially Co- speaking. Co- yeah, but just type in R plus R equals now. Just type it up. It's one. It's, it's, it's a dope album. Hopefully they do more. Um, hopefully this could be like a um a snarky puppy situation. Yeah, but like man, shout out to Robert Glass because he's just killing the game right now. Yeah, he is. He's nonstop. He's doing nonstop. He's doing nonstop. Um, but bro, let's so let's transition. Okay. Cause you saw R plus R equals now. Yeah, yeah. On Monday, but it seemed like he was just on festival mode. I was on concert season, man. It's bro, concert season. Share, share with us. Who did you see on on the weekend? Yo, Sunday I saw the uh, the On the Run two show. Share, please. With Jay Z, Beyonce at the Rose Bowl. The second night, which is Sunday night. Um, I'm gonna have to say this, ladies and gentlemen. Um, for those who know me, you know I'm a I'm a music man, you know what I'm saying? I just love music. Um I've been to a lot of concerts, 
you know, my in my in my day. Yeah. You know, I've seen Nas, I've seen Busta Rhymes, you know, I've seen um I've seen Jay Z solely. Yeah. Um I've seen just just name Lupe. I've seen all the greats, you know what I'm saying, of, of our time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Karis one, you know what I'm saying? Uh I've seen um all type of concerts, you know what I'm saying? The R plus R, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The snarky puppies, you know what I mean? These are two of the some of the best albums I've ever seen. Um, I mean concerts I've ever seen. Um, but I would have to say hands down, this was the best concert I've ever attended. Yeah. This ladies and gentlemen was definitely entertaining. I have a whole new level of respect for Beyonce. Hmm. Um as an artist as as an entertainer. Yeah. Um definitely, you know, I, I, I as the MC I already have mad respect for Jay-Z, but I was definitely able to appreciate his artistry a little bit more. Yeah. Um his songwriting. Yeah. Um but let me just tell you this, y'all. <laughs> this joint was absolutely bananas yeah like the production of this joint first of all i've never been to a concert i always do like intimate shows you know what i mean um but i was very hesitant about going to a, see a concert at a stadium because i was like man this is just too big how, how can i be entertained i don't want to be seeing people like look like ants you know what i mean yeah <clears throat> Nah, um, this was dope. This was amazing. Yeah. This was like literally amazing. Like the production of it, the way the stage was set up. How one thing I noticed was they did an excellent job of working the stage. Cause have something that massive. I was wondering, like, I wonder how this is gonna go, especially for Jay-Z. Yeah. And of course, you know, having the big four-story screens were dope you know but this yeah. is dope but the show opened up with a uh, chloe and hallie yeah um they opened up the show they did like a 15 minute set they were very did they cool. did they have tracks behind them or band they had tracks and they one of them played the keys and one plays the guitar yeah right um <clears throat> and then um they sounded very good i was very impressed by their voice and i'm, I'm gonna tell you this too the sound I know it was bananas. That sound was so crispy, clear <laughs> at a stadium, bro. This is a freaking full. Had to be. They, I think somebody told me it was sixty thousand people there. Literally sixty thousand. It is the Rose Bowl. I this is the Rose Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this is bigger than Dodger Stadium. Wow. You feel what I'm saying? Wow. This is bigger than Dodger Stadium. This so it was like sixty thousand people. The sound. So this is the thing about the show was, even though it was that massive, it had an intimate feel to it. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Cause the sound was like that good, and um, they did their thing. So then, so maybe by the time they came out, not many people were at their seats. So then, the next artist was DJ Khaled. So Ooh, I know that was popping, bruh. Literally. They play like this little movie. And I was like, we the best. DJ Khaled, another one. You know, ne- all these people just rushed in and was like, yo, and they just got to they see. So now I'll start packing out. It started getting real full. DJ Khaled did his thing. He started off with like, you know, all I do is win. The little remix part where he raps a little bit, you know. He went through with his hits. 
he did his little um the Rihanna song with Bryson Tiller. Yeah. He did a little dance. He did he did it. He did a little dance. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, he did it, he did it hard too. Cause he did it and he just looked at the crowd and started walking real slow. Like, yeah. Like I got y'all right now. Like it's about <laughs> yeah. to go. Right. And I was That's okay. So dope. And then um because, you know, he's bringing out guests. Yeah. I even heard from one show he didn't bring out any guests. So I'm looking like, I don't know who's gonna, who he's going to bring out. So yeah. I saw on the Instagram the night before he brought out Busta. Mm. You know, Busta was killing it. So I was looking like, I don't know who he's going to bring out. So I think the first person he brought out, oh, so he was doing a set. And he was like, L.A., give it up for your own, Tiger. So Tiger come out. He got like a, a banger that's going on in the, in the scene right now. People was going crazy for Tiger. Next thing you know, um, this was a shocking guess. He was like, ladies, are y'all ready? Are y'all ready, ladies? Give it up for Tank. And I was like, Tank? Bro, when I tell you Tank was killing, brother, he took his two and a half, three minutes and was like, I'm cashing in on every second. He he did, uh, this is is what I deserve? He did, um, I deserve. I deserve. That's how it came out when I was like, what? And he kind of started at the bridge part where he's like going off. Yeah. Yes, I cheated on you. And then, <laughs> and then uh, he just killed that. And then he went into um, Please Don't Go. Killing it, right? So he took a moment and he was like, ladies, start unbuttoning his shirt. They was going crazy. And I was just like, yo, he brought out Tang. And he ended off with that little song he got out now. It's like a, new, a newer one. A little freaky song or whatever, right? Gotcha. You know what I'm talking about? And then... Uh, that he went out. They brought up this young cat. I don't know. I don't know who this dude is. I'm sorry, new new generation. I, I don't know who this dude is. <laughs> one of the one of the mumble rappers. You know what I'm saying? Not many people was really going crazy. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was like, oh okay, him. And then um, he was like, yo, he was in LA. Your mind if I bring out one of your own DJ Musters? The DJ Muster come out. Everybody was going crazy. He played a little bit of his hits, and then um. DJ Khaled, he rewinded the record. He was like, yo, he was like, I got to congratulate you, my brother. You stepping into mogul status. Congratulations on your platinum selling artist. Next, you know, LMA came out and they booed up. That's when it went nuts. It was going crazy. All the fellas was, I, I looked around and all the fellas was. was all they cool. No, 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 no. They tried to keep they cool, but all, all I saw was the girls grabbing their man and looking into the cell phone, doing the booed up. You know, into the cell phones. My lady grabbed me. I just had a hat going. We saw a brother. You know what I'm saying? We saw a brother. She, uh, so then she went into her second single. Next thing you know, um, homeboy, uh, DJ Mustard was like, yo, he was like, he was like, thank y'all so much. He was like, no, 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 wait a second. He said, I got to give, he said, you know, I got to be out to bring the big homie, right? And the cat was like, YG, talk to your people. YG came out now. Everybody went nuts. Bro, bro, he hit my hitter, my hitter. He did Big Bang, crazy. Bro, I know it was. It was crazy. And then the last person he brought out was Fat Joe. Now, I was, I wanted to hear this in the stadium speakers. It was all the way up. That mug sound amazing in the stadium, bro. Like all the way up. I was like, yo, this mug sound crazy. He didn't lean back. He did What's Love with him and uh, Ashanti. And then he ended it with, uh, I forgot it. One, I think one of his new joints. So it was dope. DJ Khaled did his thing. So now at this time, now it's dumb packed. 
Like when DJ Khaled lights went off, and then on the screen, slowly it just had the On the Run 2 logo come up. You Everybody start running into the stadium now. Like I'm talking about literally security is now coming in. It's running in. People are, and I'm looking around, mind you, 60,000 people. I've never seen this many people before at a concert. This mug is just dumb, right? They was running a little bit late. So my lady was like, trust me, 8.30, the show is going to start. They're on time. Next, you know, it's like 8.45. Everybody's like, you just you feel the vibe. People getting impatient. And then it started. <laughs> Bruh. I would tell you, 15 minutes into the concert. It was done. I told I told my girl, this is literally the best concert I've ever been to in my life. It's 15 crazy. minutes into their show. They started off with like a movie. And it was like. It said um, on the screen, it was like, this is real. Then it popped up again. This is real love. And then the show is Jay-Z, like this montage of Jay-Z. And it said the gangster on one side of the screen. Then there's a montage of Beyonce on the other side with Jay-Z's face still up. It said uh, the queen. This is the love story. So the show was basically their love story in the form of a movie like in different acts but their songs was basically telling their love story that's crazy from how they when they first met to being in a relationship to getting engaged to having marital issues to reconnecting bro when i'm telling you the way they did that it was just crazy they started off with holy grail i don't like that song but it was dope they went into on the run and they just dog when i'm talking about hit after hit after hit you probably didn't sit down or take a moment to even think you were standing that long until like maybe an hour and 15 minutes in it was literally like boom 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 like just back to back and the way they did it was just so dope it'll be like them doing songs together and next thing you know uh jay-z just takes over and was like going through his songs but they they're but the way the songs are set up is like one song is mixing into another song. So it's like Jay-Z, I forgot. He did one song and she you know Beyonce did a song, and it was like she said something that led into Big Pimping. It was like dun, dun, Jay-Z come out like Big Pimping. It was just crazy. And I was just like, who am this? Probably uh, Omar Edwards. Yeah, the dueling keys. Yeah, Omar yeah. Edwards is like is a He's been with Jay-Z for a while now. Yeah. So, like, and it's the crazy thing, too. Like, um, the the screens are, like, four stories high, literally. And the screens opened up. And on the four stories was the band. So, up top, you had, like, the DJ. And, like, so it's kind of like a marching band style, like she did for Coachella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the DJ was up top, and you have the dudes that are kind of like the uh, what's like the band leaders, the uh, 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 um, drum majors. The drum majors was like up top. Then the second section was like um, horns. She had a female horn section, and then the third level was like the bass. So both, and then mind you, there's this Jay Z and Beyonce band combined. So that's how big the sound and crispy full the band sound was so it's two bass so it was like her bass player was on the third level with a guitar player and then um and mind you she still has dancers on the floor 
and then on the end at the bottom was Jay-Z's guitar player, his uh drummer. No, his drummer was on the second floor. Her no, her drummer was on the second floor. His drummer was at the bottom with the congas, with the percussion section. The keyboard player was on the second, and then another one was on the third. Like it was just crazy. It was so they're in the background all wearing all red. Just it was just amazing, bruh. Saucy. Bruh, and the dancers were just killing. So this is the thing, man. Like, one thing I have to give it up for Beyonce is um she sounded amazing. Like she's a vocalist, bruh. Yeah. Like I know we kind of look at her like, oh, she's like an entertainer, but like, no, bro, like she was singing. She her could sing, butt, yeah, like, singing her butt off, and um, I was like really impressed with that, and I was really impressed with Jay Z with the songs he chose because some stuff was rapidly rap, but it was like commercial, and I was just looking like, yo, they are really he did that, killing it, bro, like killing it. He did that, like there was this one part they did, um. Takeover, the Takeover song, and it was mixed with uh, Beyonce's "Ring the Alarm." So this, cause no, she's like yelling on us. She's like "Ring the Alarm," did it, did it. Like she, she, she going like yelling, right? So imagine the song "Takeover," and they did the way they did it was they kind of started off with like the original um, sample that they took the the beat from. Yeah. And uh, Jay Z was like R O C running this rap, uh. and then she was like ring the alarm, and it says something for the one it was just like it was crazy, and they were sitting down. So Jay Z was on one side, like a seat, and then one side of the seat was Jay Z, and, uh, and behind him was uh, was Beyonce, like back to back. So you only see Jay Z sitting down looking at you. He was like, oh, oh, see, running this rap-ish. Dun, dun, dun. And then a seat to start rotating. And then once it got to the side, you see Beyonce chilling in another outfit. Like, ring the alarm. I don't care if you want it to. It was like she was a, a female Beyonce. But the seat is rotating. Then it went to ring the alarm. And she just, like, going off. And I was just like. Bro, I saw somebody post a clip of Jay-Z doing Song Cry. Bro, I, I've never seen him, like, from the clips I've seen him, like, do live. Even when he did the unplugged joint, like, I know he had a moment, but I felt like he, it seemed like he was having a moment. One thing I, th- I think I got from the show was, like, I think around the first time they did On the Run, people were saying, like, they were having marital issues. Yeah. In this show, you could definitely feel, like, they're... There's a cohesiveness. A very close cohesiveness like you could tell like whatever they were going through they're over it and they're definitely yeah like together together like the chemistry between them was crazy yeah like especially when they went into some of the um everything is love joints i think it was one when beyonce's kind of like rapping and the way jay-z was kind of like hitting her ad libs was crazy and the one thing i was telling jeff was one thing i noticed about beyonce was like how she was performing when Jay-Z was rapping. It was amazing, bro. I'm just telling y'all, it was the best show I've ever been to in my life so far. Probably the closest thing I'll see to a Michael Jackson-type environment. Um, It was amazing. Like, if y'all had... I know this tour is probably almost over, but if you ever... If they ever rerun it, and y'all have opportunity to go see it, I would... If you're a musician, if you're an MC, if you're a singer, you may not... I'm not a big fan of either... But I definitely respect them, and I, I wanted to see it. My girl really wanted to go. I went yeah. for her. Um, 
<laughs> I went for her, but I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Yeah. Like, I had to tell my girl because she was like, so what? What I told you. I told you. What did you think? And I was like, it's the best concert I've ever been to. Like, like I said, 15, 20 minutes in, I whispered to her. I was like, this is the best concert I've ever been to in my life. So talking about the best uh-huh. transition. Right. Netflix just put out. Go see it, ladies and gentlemen. The Quincy Jones documentary. Let's talk about it. He wasn't ready, was he? I'm just telling y'all, y'all gotta see this. If you, it's one of the best documentaries I've seen about in about about a music icon in a while. The last one I've seen that I think was, have you seen the Defiant ones? No, bro. I've seen Organized Noise though. That was a dope documentary. The Defiant ones about Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre will freaking blow your. Is it on Netflix? And it no, was on HBO. It was on HBO. It's a four-part one. And each part, it just grabs you. Because you're looking like, I did not know. I didn't know Jimmy Iovine did. That's that's how it was. I was watching Quincy Jones. This is the only parallel I could ever say was, I didn't know Quincy Jones did this much. It was like that with Jimmy Iovine. I was like, I did not know. So you, if ever, you have to see it. Yeah, bro. I just like, man, like... You had we had talked the night before I officially watched it, mm-hmm. and I think you were texting me like, "Just Jeff, watch it." Like, and I was like, "I'm gonna watch it because I was interested." Right. I almost cried like twice. Right. And on a documentary, there's not a lot of stuff I think now in my life. Although I'm very young. There's a lot. Wait, no. Let me not say that. I don't want to sound arrogant. There's a lot of stuff that does impress me, um, and, but there's also a lot of stuff that doesn't impress me. But there's a lot of stuff that does impress me, and I was beyond impressed, bro. Like I was convicted. Right. I've never. I got goosebumps on the the end scene, and I want to. I don't want to mess it up for those that are that haven't seen it yet. But I got goosebumps. Right. Where I literally was like, this dude has freaking. He. I think he gets the credit that he deserves, but I don't think he really gets the credit that he deserves, deserves. Like, he deserves, I like, think people really don't know. Bro. Like I, like I told you, I said, before he got to Michael. Before. Before he got to Michael. He already Michael. lived, like, two lifetimes. <laughs> he already lived two time, two lifetimes, bro. Bro, like, the Frank Sinatra. I'll just go and blow, like, all the Frank Sinatra arranging. And I love, like, the stuff that I realized he did, I was like, I yeah. love the, the that. The part that tripped me out was right before he got with Frank Sinatra and he talked to that one composer when he said, I wanted to learn how to do orchestration. And she was like, well, it's only 12 notes. Like, learn those, and then, like, you got orchestration. And he was just like... To me, one thing, one thing that would trip me out about it, right... And it's a scene in there that I love is when they show him like writing music. And this mm-hmm. part tripped me out about it because he was in silence. And I was thinking to myself, like, yo, you're writing notes on paper right now. Perfectly writing notes, matter of fact. He was writing notes like it was cursive. Like, that's so crazy that you say that. Keep on continuing thought. I'm going to backpack something. Um, that's just one thing I noticed because he. It just had a clip and he was just talking about, he was like, yeah, so this is what I do. Then I go spend time with my family. But I just like, Yo, he's writing notes, like rewrite our like a sentence, and he's doing it in silence. 
and I was just tripping off of that. I was just like, how was that happening? Because like you did you catch that part where I think, and again, don't want to ruin it. So this spoiler alert: how Frank Sinatra was like, man, like Quincy was like, man, Frank Sinatra said that the music was too dense, and he was like, and I needed to be a little more spread. He was like, in ten minutes, he's like, how could one person? Cause they didn't have Sibelius back then. Right, right. They didn't have. There's a couple of things. They didn't have like the the, the tools that we have today right. to rewrite music. Right. Like that dude straight out rewrote music, full band arrangements. Like, cause a big band, bro. A like big a big band. band exactly. A big band usually composed like it's like four or five trumpets, four or five trombone players, maybe six or seven horn like uh, saxes. Um, and maybe a flute, depending yeah. uh, depending on the arrangement, because sometimes the sax players double up on flute right. because of the um, because of the woodwind family. And then you talk about keyboard player, right. bass player, drum player, and then the possibly right. possibly possibility. I mean, of uh, of a guitar player and a vocalist. Get out of here, like bro. And think about this too. Thriller, right? Was it, it's Thriller? is the number one selling album of all time before the idea of Spotify and Apple Music. Yep. Pure physical sales. Yeah. Yeah. We Are the World is the number one grossing single of all time. Right. Yeah, that's true. It's a fact. And this is all he touched. Like, look, man, like, when the show, it's on Netflix, you don't have to spoil this, I'm sorry, I'm in a little bit. When it opened up with it, Dr. Dre in his house just looking at all those freaking plaques. And he said, history. Bro, did you see the Grammys on his wall? It's just, that's the greatest music producer of all time. Because he was able to touch so many genres and was successful at almost all of them, like, just... I mean, like, most people didn't know this, but I knew this, but uh, it's my party. You could cry if I want to. Bro, I did not know that. He wrote that song. Bro, we talk about, we talk about. He's 85 years old. Sample worthy musicians. I wonder how much stuff got sampled from Quincy that we don't even, we're not even aware that was Quincy. His royalty checks has to be out of this. I didn't realize, bro, that, uh, that. That that far side, and um, I think Joe also took it for his remix. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was Quincy. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, ah. But one thing, man, that I, I realized, man, like even to to this day when they're showing him, like now, like he's still working. Um, what what I put on my on my Instagram, I said this is a must see masterclass on the gift and curse of being gifted. And that's one thing I love about the documentary was it shows he's most like most definitely driven, ambitious, but it shows the good and the bad side of that. The struggle, bro. Because you could tell he is such a creative that he has to create. Like he can't live just okay, I'm retired now. That's real. Like he has to create to the point where like it affected his 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 marriages. Mm. Like he 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 can't he literally couldn't stay married because he's literally always working. Which is crazy. Mm. And um 
It's just for men, like, bro, the artists he touched, bro, that list, that Herbie Hancock scene, the first Herbie Hancock scene brought me to tears. That brought me to tears, bro. Like, I was, like, in my feelings on that scene, dude, like, because it was so genuine. Yeah. And it's just what I really, and one thing that I'm going to point this out, um, one thing that I noticed throughout the whole film that I never saw Quincy Jones on a private jet. Yeah. Respect. I text, I text, I text that to you. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong, bro. Like, if you can afford the private jet, do it. Right. And sometimes it's necessary. It's needed, you know? But, bro, like, he just rode first class. That's it. But it was just like, man, it was like, one thing he said, like, the idea of, like, man, your your dream has to be bigger bigger than your ego. Yeah. Because, it's like, when your dreams are big, like, your yeah. ego will never be able to touch it. Right. And I was like, oh, that's bars. Right. He's the GOAT. Like literally, there's nobody even close. Close. Mm. Like he's worked with literally all of the great legendary artists of our time. Like literally all of them, all of the major ones. Were if he has not like physically produced them, he literally discovered them, and still discovering to this day. Like, like he discovered Oprah. Will Smith, like Will Smith, like he literally put Will Smith in it in front of the world. Uh, let's not even talk about Michael Jackson. Jacob I mean, Collier, like, yeah, like he's like, putting other guys on the map. Like that is just like he's really about that life. And like, but not only that, like he took it from music to like I'm gonna do film and, and media, and like just really just kept challenging himself and just really working it and becoming successful. Um, one thing I liked about the documentary and I learned from him was like he always embraced change. Yeah, he did. He didn't run from change. He embraced it. No matter how difficult it was for him, he embraced it and, and learned a way to master it for him. Yeah. And um, like with the musical genres and styles and stuff, he was able to like definitely grow with the times. He's just a genius, man. Like, yeah, he is. definitely. Hey, let me tell y'all something. Musicians. Producers, writers, MCs, singers, politicians, anybody. If you think about anything about just wanting to be inspired about being successful in anything you do, watch this documentary. Yeah. I already watched it twice. I'm probably going to watch it for a lifetime. Bro. I might buy it. You know what I mean? Like, Bro, it's, it's like possible. the best thing for me since like the Organized Noise and the Justin Timberlake docu- documentaries. I'm telling y'all, man. Like, so necessary. I think just as a, as a creative... You, you have to understand that it's not going to always be roses because Quincy Jones' life most oh, definitely man. was not roses. And that's what I put on my Instagram. I, I said, thank you, Quincy Jones, for stopping when you had every justifiable reason to stop. Bro. Like, the stuff he went through, I didn't have no idea. And I was like, yo. It's he crazy. Could've, he could have hung, hung this up in the 70s, bro. If he wanted to and still be And thriving. be good. And be good. Like, I know his mailbox has to be filled with checks daily. Daily. That's why he got a team. He daily. That's why you got a team, bro. Bruh. And uh, shout out to Rashida Jones, his daughter, for uh, definitely. That's one thing I loved about it, too, was like his children have so much respect for him still. Yeah. Although things that maybe didn't work out well with their mothers, it's still so much love and respect. And, uh, you know, he wasn't perfect, but he understood how important family was. And uh, I just appreciate that. Like, yeah, that, that, that was dope. You know what I mean? Like, Man, this it just makes so much sense with that interview now. It makes so much sense. It's like 
he knows too much. He knows too much. Bro, the interview. The <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. He knows. And I don't think anything he said was malicious or him being an old man rambling. It's literally like he just knows too much. Just a little too much, bro. He just knows too much. Yo, hey, look. He was able to be like, oh, bro, no. And he was like, um, okay, for the show, let's get uh, Will Smith. Let's call Oprah. Um, the, the Colin Powell scene, though. Yeah. And it, it was like, Colin, buddy, how you doing, man? Like, he just knows everybody. Please, ladies and gentlemen, go go watch the Quincy Jones documentary. Netflix, call Quincy. Um, amazing. Yeah. Must watch. So before we go to, wait, let's. Do you, which one? I think we should end on a happy note. So one just yeah, let's end on a happy note. Yeah. So, Bill, bro, it's a happy note. Nah, I was gonna say, did you want to hit that or did you not want to hit that? Because if we touch Bill, we might have to end on Bill. Nah, let's not end on Bill. Let's go on Andy. Okay. 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 What do you think about the new EP um, by Andy Mineo? I think there's nothing but pros for it, bro. Yeah. Genuinely. The sword. I think it's the number one. I think it is. I think it's a great connection to the arrow. Okay. I think it's a really great connection to the arrow. I think it is. I think it's a great connection to the arrow, and I think by itself, I think it's literally just some of the greatest work that I've heard from Andy Mineo in general. Right. Um, my whole thing was like, for me, the he like I feel like Andy Mineo has always given us like great singles. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's given us. Um, He's really given us like great singles. I think he's given us really like good records. But for me, like my struggle, and I think I, I think people think I'm crazy when I say this. Right. And maybe like, maybe because I don't really see things a lot of times from like a commercial standpoint. Maybe this is where I get myself in trouble. Right. But I feel like his best work has always been the stuff that has been for free, like his mixtapes, mm-hmm. like his commercial records. To me, never, I couldn't engage in them. Right. And for me personally, like, I remember that one time, I don't know, if, remember that one time we went to my church and we saw yeah. him perform? Right. And it was just like, man, like, it was just, it, it was just, it was too much trap for me. Right. It wasn't like, you know, and again, I think from the way that I, I hear and I see music, man, but these last two records, man, like, man, I just needed that. I think musically, he really found his, his sound. And I agree with you. I think a lot of what kind of I always uh, have respect for Andy Medium because I think as the MC he could definitely spit, he could go. But I think a lot of times his the and this is one of my kind of critiques on on uh, Reach is that I feel like um, maybe because it is it's such a boutique type of label like where they're touching so many fan bases that um, a lot of their stuff can sound a little bit too poppy for me. Got you. Um, but like I said with Andy, um, and that's what that was my thing. I just felt like he's a little bit too poppy, like some of the stuff a little bit. Cause I know he he's kind of comedic in his flow sometimes, yeah. kind of zany. Um, but it's a little bit too poppy. But I felt like with these, he found a very great balance of being introspective. Yeah. Um of uh of um high quality production, high lyricism. Still a little bit of comedic and zany, um, but just very honest records. Very vulnerable. I felt like he gave. I felt like I felt like a good start for Andy's when he gave us the Hear My Heart record. Yeah, the Hear My Heart record. I wasn't really a big fan of that record. I love that record. I like the message of it. 
I didn't like the sound of it. I love the. I love it. I uh-huh. genuinely love it. I love the presentation more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I love the the idea of it. Yeah, I love that record. I think just more because of the heart behind it. Yeah, I think everybody has like their POV for that record. Right, right. But I felt like that was a good start when he started making. When anytime he made like really vulnerable records like that, I'm like yes. Right. When I heard too much of They're like more the, emo sound stuff. When I heard too much of like. They can't stop me type stuff. I was just like, uh, right. like it's, it's a little bit too poppy. It's too poppy, and it was just like, Lecrae said that already. Yeah. You know, like right. I just felt like for a minute, like I felt like going back to like the Reach Records and stuff. Um, Reach Records records. Um, I felt like they were just producing the same. They were just giving us recycled right music, and I just feel like one thing that I will have to say, and people might say this differently. I think what has really helped them over the years is the fact that they have Gavi as an artist because mm-hmm. I felt like he broke the monotony mm-hmm. of their records and I now think that Andy is now breaking the monotony even more right. because I think he's giving us something completely different I felt like I feel like with I feel like now like I can look at Reach and I can say that they're a label where it's a really diversified label mm-hmm. in comparison because like I remember like when you think about like some of the older mission driven labels like Cross Movement um Grape, Grape Street you know what I mean? Like, well, even Grape Street was like a lot of like gangster Christian rappers, you know. But like, when you look at like Cross Movement, where you had like the, the Truth and you had the Cross Movement, and you had um, all Lecrae, these ultimately Le, Lecrae, like you had like all these guys. You had like a variety of sounds. I feel like Reach Records is giving us like a variety of sounds. But man, I just think the Andy Mineo album was like me and my me and my girl. We were talking about the record, and um, what did she think? She loved it. Like we both, I was like, I was like, yo, what do you think about? I was like, babe, what do you think about the record, the Andy Mino record? And we just looked at each other like, yo, and we just had like just like this really just good conversation about like about the record and um, just you know just really in depth of how it touched us, you right. know. Like she shared some of the records that she really loved. Um, I think my my favorite record is just really the intro, yeah. Um, because I think that message is just so like man like, and I've seen that almost every day like. What if your greatest fear is smaller than you think? Right. What if, like, you know, what if your dream, like, like that idea of, like, what if your dream is not when you sleep, but, like, right. yeah, like, what if you're almost there? Like, right. man, like, what a, like, what a way to open, <clears throat> open it up. Right. You know, so. You know, one thing I like about the project, both of these projects and, and the journey he's taking you on is basically, um, Deconstruct of all of deconstructing all of the beliefs that he was taught, and who me and you talked about this Ooh. plenty of time off the off the off the air. But um, it's about like a lot of you know a lot of times we're taught things that are a lot of cliches, yeah, that have no real doctrine behind it. And I think he's on a journey now where he's kind of looking through those cliches and like, wow, we, we were taught this, but there's no real meat behind this. Yeah. And he's starting to rediscover who God is for himself. Yeah. Um, Not based off of like, you know, I always tell people like, you know, 
you got to get to know God for who he is yeah. on, on a personal level, not through your pastor, not through your mother, your father, not through your buddies of who they telling you who God is to them. And you just yeah. got to take that upon yourself as that's your the way of thinking. But like, he's really saying like, man, I'm, I'm really getting to know God for, for myself, for myself. And uh, he's taking you through that journey with the music. And I, I really love it. Um, salute to Fonte for jumping on this album. Chris Gray. That's one of my favorite um, rappers ever. Artists, to be honest. Yeah. Um, ever. Um, singing and rapping. He just does it so dopely. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris and Gray um, definitely is on the project. And just the production. I love the, um, the risk he's taking. Yeah. And that's something we've been saying that needs to be happening in Christian hip hop for a while was nobody was taking a risk. And I think yeah. he's taking a risk. I, I pray people respond to this very well and uh, support it. Yeah. And um, I'm looking forward. Does he have one more EP coming out? I think there's a third. There's a third installment. Yeah. I think he says three EPs and then there's going to be one. Then it's going to lead to the album. So I think so that's a, you, that means that he's just been sitting on record. That's what he said. He said he's just been sitting on these songs. Yeah, I saw his Instagram story. He was like, man, I just... Also, first of all, man, let's... Most stuff, keep him in prayer because he just lost his mom. Yeah. And um, so definitely keep him up in prayer. Um, but yeah, he's saying like, yeah, man, he's I just released an um, album, um, a project. He said, I've been sitting on these records for a while, working on them for a while. He said, they're not done all the way to me, but I have to let them go. And I was like, wow. But they're perfect to me, bro. They're good, man. They're like... They're man. good. Like uh, like friends, that record, bro, that spoke to me. Like right. that song ministers to me. Right. Like the idea of like you need people there to correct you. You need people right. there, but you also need people that will be loyal. Right. Because I can imagine, like he, like man, in the way that Christian hip hop or like or the foundation of that of that that genre, he is now like one of the forefathers when you think about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Because he's been out since. I, he's been out for like 10 plus years yeah and he's broke a lot of ground too so I mean um, so imagine like all the people that man he just spoke so much truth it's a dope project ladies and gentlemen it's a dope project definitely check it out um I'm trying to think what else check out the Tori Kelly project please Tori Kelly Kurt Franklin's the goal I, I can't wait to get a Kurt Franklin documentary Yes. Like a real one, like a, a real, real one. I'm not talking about a TBN or a CBN one. I'm sorry, I love y'all, but hey, you know, we got I'm talking about we need to have a real deal one. Uh, I, I want to see it all. You know what I'm saying? Um, but Tori Kelly album is dope. Um, one album that I just listened to the other day was kind of deep. It was like a Lupe Fiasco one. I gotta check it out. Yeah, cause he's it's a concept album, and it's it's a deep story. And I'm just kind of like trying to take it in because it's like it's a lot. It's a lot. It's, a, it's about like a, a slave ship that crashes, and then the slaves go into this underwater underwater world. And like, it, it's it's a crazy. I don't know how he thought about this. Maybe I should pray for the brother a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a big Lupe fan. I think he's a beast. Said he was in that. Yeah, but uh, it's dope. Um, you said Justin Coughlin, Justin which Coughlin. is Quincy Jones' artist. Justin Coughlin album is a masterpiece. Think about this, ladies and gentlemen. Quincy Jones is 85, and he's still discovering his talent. He has not stopped working. And when you watch the documentary, you're going to be surprised how much he's doing to this day that he's been responsible for. 
right now. The stats at the end, bro. <laughs> Seventy nine Grammys, yo. He's like the honestly, like he's like he's like a combination of MJ and Kareem when it comes to the to the music game. It's like literally. It's like the Bill Russell. It's Bill Russell of the music game, bro. Maybe not. He, I think he like he built Russell, Kareem, and Mike Hall together. He like he like he, he discovered the game, bro. Yeah, he discovered he, the game of he, basketball. He Nate Smith. He, he he's Nate, the person he's, that created the basketball. Period. He created the game, the ball. He just came up with the whole rules and everything. He's the game, the logo. Yeah, and the goal, bro. bro. Like this dude. Like I don't think we'll ever see somebody reach this status. This status is it's amazing. So um, yeah, definitely check out the Andy Minio. The Quincy Jones documentary. If you have a chance to go see uh, R plus R equals now, check out the album. Go see the On the Run 2 tour. Um, and I think the next episode we'll talk about Bill Cosby. That's fair. We'll, we'll get into Bill, man. Um, bless his heart. <laughs> hey, man, you just got to stay focused out here, ladies and gentlemen. Like, just know, um, you know, you will pay for consequences for things if you don't get it right. I would say this, man, before we get out of here on that. You know, I see a lot of people talking about, like, I don't see how anybody could try to, in any small way, say it's a racism issue. It's a, I, I don't see that, number one. I think we just have to be honest with ourselves. Pay the consequences for your actions. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about this on the next episode. We'll get to it. Yeah, but it's just a lot going on. There. I would just say it was just the saddest scene. It was. It broke my heart to see that man walk out that courtroom. With Bro, I at first it took me like I didn't <laughs> right. know what people were talking right. about. It broke I'm like, my what heart. Is, what is this? Because when you think when you think about Cosby, and I know that, again we're going to go when you think about Bill Cosby, you think about the Cosby Show, yeah. you think about the old Sidney Poitier out uh, uh, movies, Ooh. right? Bro, and to see this old man. <laughs> He bro. like he like what well, he almost the same age as uh, Quincy Jones, bro. To see him cuffed up, it's like he couldn't. Hey, even... bro, they took him to jail immediately. They was ready, dog. He has to do at least three years before parole. If not, he's gonna do a two year sentence. <laughs> I'm not. I don't mean to laugh, but oh yeah. But if you did it, if he did that stuff though that's the thing like one thing i tell people to this day about celebrities like what you see on tv is not it's not the person it's not you don't know these people so i mean cosby he was a, a heck of an actor bro because he had us all fooled feel what i'm saying like just real deal um but this is a big moment for the me too movement and every celebrity that's been caught up lately should be very afraid because they literally locked up Bill Cosby, bro. Harvey Weinstein is next. He is next, bro. He is out of here. They are convicting people now, bro. This ain't no joke. We'll talk about this on next. Hey, <laughs> yo, keep the pills in the pill bottle. You feel me? Don't do this. Leave it alone. Keep your hands to yourself. Treat everybody with respect. Stay focused, ladies and gentlemen. Yo, just listen to some good music right now. Keep Jesus first, for real, <laughs> keep, for real. Keep him first, ladies and gentlemen. This is it's not it's no games out here right now. He had now, a chance bro. to get it right. He kept doing it. Yo, shout out to, to I don't BJ's. know what's happening. 
Cause they I, they got the bomb brisket fries, yo. No more brisket fries for Bill Cosby for a while. This is getting crazy. This is real. They took him to prison, not the club fed. State prison. Wait, Ladies state and gentlemen, prison, bro. State prison. He's not getting no the yeah. He went to real, real prison in Philly. Keep your thing in your pants, brothers. When Noah said no, don't do it. Don't give drugs. Like, like, no, seriously, we gotta really talk about this stuff now. Like, this ain't the game. It took him like 50 years to catch Bill and they caught him. This is real. It's like Man, statue of limitations, brother. He he had the last one was in within the I mean he kept doing it when he was old. How's, how's his wife? Like, I'm man, bro. We'll talk about it next episode. Next episode. Because it's some things I think we just gotta be honest about. Gotta be honest about some things. But look. We love y'all, ladies and gentlemen. We here to hit y'all with this episode. You know what I'm saying? Support it. Give us some, give us some stars, some positive vibes. Tell everybody you know the AZ's and Rupu podcast is here, and we ain't going nowhere. This is season three, ladies and gentlemen. Nowhere. You feel me? So look, hit us up on the Twitter and the IG at AZ. S-R-O-O-T-B-R-E-W-S. That's AZ Rupu's Pod P-O-D. You know what I'm saying? Hit up your boy Jeff Ware at J A Davis I I. And hit, hit your boy, Raynell Jamal, at R-A-Y-N-E-L-L-J-A-M-A-L, all social media sites. We thank y'all so much. Shout out to the boy, uh, Chris. Shout out to your boy, Jay Davis. Happy birthday to the homeboy, uh, DT. Um, yes. And uh, what up, Chocolate? Um, <laughs> thank y'all so much for listening. And y'all know how I'm going to leave y'all. I leave y'all like this every time. God never told us to figure him out. He just told us to trust him. And I'm trusting them right now because somebody got me. But look, we looking for you. All right, then, y'all. We out. P-Town.